Welcome to the Shadownet. My name's Phil, aka Zeroth Maxima, Threat Level Alpha. Before we get going, yes, we will talk about baking, but we will also say bad words. So, I mean, pick your poison. My extra special guest today, here to tell us about how this is the worst meta he's ever played in, it's Eric Kielbeck. I actually do think it's not a very good format. <laughs> That's good. Because I only have two jokes. It's either like you hate Netrunner or you're a Zoomer. Yes. It's no, we luckily we're in the it's like uh we're in the hate Netrunner phase of, of the year. Good. And then good. after six months of hating Netrunner, I become a Zoomer for six months and then it's like it's cyclical like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we get new cards, we get all excited, and then we start hating Netrunner again. Makes sense. Yeah. Bonus guest this week. People always ask what came first, the chicken or the egg? It is, of course, Ed. Hi. Good evening. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for staying up. (laughs) (laughs) It is so early or late, depending on which way you look at it. But I'm so excited to be here. It's my once a year opportunity to to turn up and uh, hang out with you guys. So... It's, it's nice. It's honest. It's it's genius marketing because you've just carved out a niche, and it's like kind of how like for news shows that have like that one like they have like a Supreme Court reporter like one weird put like you know they need like a an Arizona correspondent and it's just this one person they always <laughs> and, so, and you're just a ba- you're you're a baking correspondent. How, um, however relevant my takes are or not, you still get them once a year. So yeah, what's yeah? Because we just have a baking episode. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I was surprised. So like, I didn't participate in Bake Off. It's so hard for me to participate in Bake Off because I don't have any baking equipment. <laughs> because I live in a room. I live in a house with roommates. Yeah. Um, I'm in law school. It's hard to like take the time off to like do the baking thing. So I didn't participate this year again. Nice. We got a lot of submissions. Yeah, I, and, I and while we're getting our. While we're getting our excuses in, I didn't participate this year either because I had Christmas Day today on the 12th of January. Oh, uh, Merry Christmas. I have, thank you very much. Yeah, it was uh, it was the first day I saw my parents. Um, I worked all over Christmas and New Year, and then I took a couple of weeks off, and they all had COVID, so I couldn't see them until today. <laughs> so, what, what, yeah. you, what do you do? Where are you working now? So I'm working at a small five-star hotel, uh, boutique hotel in Edinburgh, so still in Scotland. I've moved away from the castle. Wow. The, wow. the, the castle memes are over. Uh, I'm doing a proper hotel. Uh, we're currently 13th on TripAdvisor. Jesus uh, Christ. So we're high. high. It's pretty yeah. good. Pretty we, better we, than most ratings I've gotten. Yeah, we want to get we want to get top ten. But, yeah, but thirteenth is not bad. Is it like yeah, you true. improve yourself, or at this point you just have to take out the competition? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm kind of going into other places and uh, poisoning food. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so competitive at the top of TripAdvisor. That's a that's a Netrunner reference now. So you, it works. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Uh, does you, does the place you're working at have like a signature dish or something? 
the place doesn't. I do have a signature dish because I'm in charge. I'm like literally, I'm, I'm literally running the hotel because there's no general manager. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's really sick. So yeah, yeah, I'm running the hotel. So I can do whatever I want. What's um, your signature <laughs> dish, and why didn't you just submit that? I've I've blasted on the menu. I've put on uh, venison with rhubarb, uh, mm. which is is new. It's it, I, I I really hate putting the same dish on them on any menu twice. Like I will always always put new dishes on the menu, even though like I've cooked a lot of dishes over the years. I will still continue to try and do new things. So venison, rhubarb, sweet potato, and drambuie is my like wow. kind of Scottish touch. So drambuie is a Scottish liqueur, whiskey mm. based with like heather and honey flavors. So yeah, Sounds that's what I'm um, up to. Yeah. Do we want to do Bake Off first and talk about Netrunner second? Or talk about Netrunner first and do Bake Off second? Netrunner first. People have to suffer before they get to the good. Yeah. Um, you, if, oh you just, if you just yeah. you got very lead. Wait, my excuse um, is I just didn't get to it. All right. No Bake Off. <laughs> I mean, you also have year. like, you have two kids. You have two kids. I bought the stuff for it, which is the really the uh, bummer, you know? I got fun. everything and then I just, just didn't get to it. You can, uh, uh, you can ask your wife to just make it for you? Okay, she's not gonna listen to me. My wife has no yeah, idea it's... how to cook. I do all the cooking. Oh really? Things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I visited, I did get frozen pizza. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was nice. It was also like 10 p.m. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm just saying. Um, I I will say uh, there's been a lot of ha- stuff happening in the Netrunner world recently. Yeah, yeah. When, Which are you most recorded? upset about? Uh, I'm most upset about. Well, Parhelion released. That's the most upsetting part to you? I just think that the format is not very good right now. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm surprised. I, think... I thought you would go for the new uh, new OP guidelines. The new OP guidelines I, I also dislike, but I don't I don't hate as much because I think they're going to improve. Okay. Like What's soon? your thoughts? What's your thoughts, Eric, on no more buys? Like, oh, the no more buys thing? You, you've relied on a few times over the years. <laughs> I feel like you are a buy enjoyer in life. I, I am a buy enjoyer. I mean, it's just because I feel like the okay. So in an abstract sense, and then I feel like whenever I trot these arguments out, people are just like, "Why are you taking it so seriously? Like we're just playing for fun." I'm like, "Fuck you! I want to win. I want a prize for winning, and they're not going to pay me in cash." So like, I play flesh and blood events, and they just pay me in cash, basically. Um, basically, which which is nice because like it covers my operating costs, and it's like. I think when you play these tournaments, you just want to feel like you're putting a lot of time and effort in, and you just want to feel like you're getting like a reward in some sense. So it's like, I played a lot of the circuit openers this year, and the circuit openers literally, like, let's assume, for example, we consider the invite as zero value. Mm-hmm. The prizes you get for first are identical to fourth. Mm-hmm. Like, the mats are all the same. So, like, there's no functional difference between, like, getting first and getting second or getting third or getting fourth except for this invite to the cbi thing right and uh, so like co champion doesn't hold much water with you uh no because there's fucking a million of them and nobody cares and i think also like there's real practical costs associated with going to these events like mm-hmm. in terms of like financial like it just costs money to play in these events right if it's not you choose to-, to travel or or yeah you, there's an entry fee yeah. sure but sure but it's like but entry fee but I, i'm also just talking about traveling like i traveled for a bunch of events last year i know, you know but most I mean? people don't that that is well, choice you, you make in okay, life but do, you, but do you see that as a fucking problem <laughs> like if 
your organized play system is going to suffer if like there's no incentive for people to like. Ideally, you want to be running events that mo that have good enough prizing that you motivate people to travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Don't you I think, think like uh, a simple fix would be that rather than a buy, it would be free entry to the higher tournament. I think that's what they floated, and I think that's good. Mm. I think the problem I have is not like I like buys, and I think they're good, and I think they reward competitive players for being competitive. And the reality was they were not actually affecting the majority of players' experiences. Like, it felt bad, but in practice, it was just sort of like the amount, the people who, like, I guess like when I think about it, like, there's two types of people who are getting buys. There are people who were, like, chronically doing well at tournaments, and they were getting buys. And the spoiler that I have for you is, like, listen, if someone, if a, someone got a buy to, like, win a circuit opener, they were probably going to do well in their first round of nationals. And, um, or, like, it was a, someone, like, won a circuit opener or nationals who, like, Tradition doesn't win, and so like it's a motivator for them to go to the next tier of competitive events, or like to do well the next tier of competitive events, and it moves them into the space where they want to be competing in these competitive events all the time. I hmm. think not having a buy is like I'm not like super made of the concept of a buy. I just think, for example, like if you win a national championship right now, like with like, um without the buy, there's no functional difference in your prizing between first, second, third, or fourth. Like it's all the same. equally. You got to admit that playing over 50% of your games in a in a competition is important right i i agree but double side like double sided swiss is toxic you know what i mean so it's like should people be allowed to id like the amount of two for ones and ids that happen are just because double sided swiss is super fucked as a tournament for mm. if you had sure. a buy like and and buys affect like if you had a buy like winning one game is like not like i just it's unclear to me what the what the costs of the buy are when there's not that many of them. Well, the cost the cost is that you get people occasionally that play less than fifty percent of games through a tournament and still make the cut. But do you think right. that's because of do you think that's because of double sided Swiss or do you think that's because of buys? I'm not positioned to answer that question. But I think that people <laughs> people I, I, I'm just not, am I? But I think that playing less than fifty percent of your games is probably a sign that something's wrong and needs to be addressed. And yeah. I think that they have addressed it in a way. That, but I think you can talk about the, the cost of buys. But I think the yeah the issue here is the the cost of single sided Swiss. Right? It, it's been tested. It's good, but it's been noted that the like the burden on organization is so much higher because we're repairing people like twice as much basically. And it just grinds the event not to a halt, but it's way slower, right? Is it like what? Who the fuck is saying that? Everyone, everyone who's ran a single sided Swiss is like it's good, but it's definitely slower. I think it is slower, but I think like the like the outcome where people play like I I made World Top sixteen and played five games in Arena, and you took right? a shower beforehand. Ah, oh, jealous, and that's bad for competitive integrity. Sure. But the only reason mm. I was able to do that was because of double-sided Swiss. Fucking so, double-sided Swiss. I mean, double-sided Swiss, like, the fact that you can ID and, like, get three points out of six is fucked. It's bad for the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can still ID in, you can still ID in, um, uh, single-sided Swiss, but in, it's, like, it's kind of, like, IDing in single-sided Swiss only, like, really secures your position at the top of the bubble. It doesn't, like... Do the thing it doesn't double size, but we just keep IDing once you like do well. And 
I also think two for ones just fucking warp tournament standings and make the the format more volatile. Like all the things where like the problem of like oh, when I think about fact that like people are like not playing a lot of netrunner but doing like doing well, the amount of people who like are bringing buys to tournaments is actually so low. Like it's like sub like fifteen ten percent of the tournament population in a given tournament. It should be yeah right. No, but it just is like there's not the, because there's not that many buys. Like there's just not that many buys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's gonna be zero now. So sure, but I'm just saying that problem. like if you look at the problem historically and you're like, well, what was causing this problem? It wasn't buys. It was double sided Swiss. Now, with that being said, the buys thing is just like there needs to be prize. I think there should be prizing for these events that matters. Um, like you should have prizing that's like good. Um, hey, free free entry to large tournaments like you know worlds is what seventy dollars i think that's a a very fair prize for, pretty good i think i think no flesh and blood money but it's pretty good no, no. i think it, yeah. i think it is fair i think one of the things that i wish is that i wish the mat that you got for winning a tournament was different from the mat like not different like in terms of artwork mm. but had like a like a, a symbol had or a, like a name on oh, it oh yeah like yeah. it's a national champion like, yeah. because right now, if I had a, my top, like, I got second at Canadian, like, Will's first place Canadian Nationals mat is identical to my second place Canadian Nationals mat. Mm-hmm. There's no way for him to, like, if the only thing we're playing for is, like, rep, there's just no identifiers that you've actually won. Um, I think, like, also just, like, putting, like, a plaque in that saying, like, you're a national champion, for example. Um, yeah. Did people like the I, plaques? FFG used to do plaques. I don't know. I still, I still have my plaques from oh. fucking. Uh, I still have my plaques. I, I, nice. A ton of people do because it's like it's an accomplishment, right? Like how how often in the card game space do you feel like you get like your accomplishments recognized? But if you go to like sports, like there's fucking people have second and third place trophies or whatever. Um, yeah, sure. I I also think um, they removed tiebreaker rounds. Oh yeah, the thing you hated, I think, about startup worlds now coming to real worlds. I think tie, removing tiebreaker rounds is good. Oh, really? I don't think they worked, and they were took a, they just ate up way too much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just had this weird problem where people were getting cut on the bubble anyway. It was eating up a lot of time. It was unclear when they should be used. It really warped tournaments because you should two for one more aggressively when tiebreaker rounds are implemented. Gotcha. So I think in the end, it was a good decision. Um, yeah. Would you say? Would you say? I know. I know it's kind of debated at the top end for the higher end tournaments like Worlds. Would you say single sided Swiss is the way to go for there as well? I think single sided Swiss should be implemented across the board. Across the I board. think that I think that w- with the caveat that at the lower level, I think if like at circuit openers, like circuit o- like I'm gonna I'm gonna dump on the OP structure a little. Oh, just now you're gonna start. Okay. <laughs> I think I think one of my problems with the circuit openers is that historically there was a chain of there was a chain of events, right? So it's like you had G and Ks and you had store champs that led into regionals, that led into nationals, that led into worlds. And there was like a sort of logical progression, right? And because mm-hmm. the, the, the format was split in the seasons, it was easy to sort of understand in some sense aspirationally that like, okay, you go to a store champ and you're gonna buy from a store champ. Then you go get play in your regional, and then you win your regional, you get to buy and you play in your nationals, and then like, well, you get a, you win your nationals, like you get to buy, you go play in worlds, and like that chain wasn't perfect, but at least there was like a sort of like, if there was a sort of narrative to the year, right? Like I think 
one of the most underrated things in event planning is narrative because people want to feel like they're going to large events. They want to build hype for the competitive season. Um, like other card games do this all the time. Like this is not like new. This is not like a, what I'm saying isn't like new. Like they do it in Hearthstone. They do it in Magic Gathering. They uh, do it in Pokemon. It's like having a series of qualifiers that head up to a main event at the end of the year, like builds hype. It builds narrative. It builds storylines. Like mm-hmm. it gets people engaged in your game. Are and you right now on the creative team for not hype? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. What's that? What's that? Because they I don't could. see what that's got to do with double sided Swiss versus single sided Swiss. I feel like it doesn't have anything. There. No, it doesn't have anything to do with double sided Swiss, single sided Swiss. It mostly has the thing to do with my frustration with the circuit opener system. Um, the circuit openers, they're going to run two circuit openers this year, right? And I feel like. Circuit openers were supposed to like replace store champs and regionals and sort of exist in this like middle tier. But like all you've ended up creating is kind of like what I would deem as like tournament soup, where like it's hard to see the shape of the year and it's hard to see the sort of escalating nature of it if there even exists anymore. And I think that like the fact that the nationals take place after continentals, I don't think helps. Like in some sense, the continentals were good in 2020 and 2021 because it anchored the year, right? Like it was clear mm-hmm. to see that continentals was like building up hype for the world championship, right? And that like you were building the storylines in continentals and then they were being pl- like, you know, soccer came out with his deck, soccer and Bridgman came like just dominated continentals. Can they keep doing it in the world championship? You know, like that's narrative and that like gets people engaged in your game. Um, and right now, it just feels like it's kind of tournament soup. And that the circuit openers are really actually like store champs or GNKs. And um, I, I don't like that, personally. On a double-sided or single-sided Swiss thing, I just think single-sided Swiss is so much better for competitive integrity. It should be ran at the Nationals level and above. I would like it to be run for circuit openers, but I don't think there will be enforcement because the circuit openers end up being so small that, like, the gulf is too large right now. There's no there's no regionals. And like in theory, I think maybe fan events should be like stepping into the regional space and be like the 30, 40 person tournaments. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. hard to run it's hard to run tournaments, you know? Like I'm trying to organize a tournament right now and it's not easy. Um yeah. like the cost of associated with running a tournament is very high right now. And even even in like different areas of the world are really struggling. I think some parts of the world have really come out of the COVID come out of COVID and done well, like Vancouver and Seattle. But, like, New York really struggles to run standard events. Hmm. I'm, and I'm really pleased with our attendance. We had eight people at just a pub runner. That's yes. sick. No, I mean, uh, this week. Yeah. It was good. It was amazing. My impression on the UK is that, like, the UK, a bunch of people showed up for UK Nats, but there's been a real struggle to sort of, and I think part of that's the holidays, but there's just been a struggle to, like, capitalize on that momentum. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you have a bu- mm-hmm. you have a bunch of you have a bunch of people who want to play events, but there's no events to go to because toing is really fucking hard. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. it's been weird since last year because we didn't we got like one GNK kit last year. I think maybe that's yeah. not true. I feel like there there was like very little support for in person events, which I get. Like we were just getting out of the pandemic. Like a lot of people <laughs> yeah, were going but- to in person events, but that really you know you don't get into the habit of going to these things, right? It's like not a thing that exists anymore. So to rebuild that, I think takes a little bit, but I see what you're saying about the overall structure. I, I just think it's sort of like, I look at like, I think the circuit openers end up being G and K's. Yeah, I can see that. I can see essentially, that. Essentially, mm-hmm. because it's like, 
there's just two there could be two of them like how many g and k kits are they gonna run this year right right they're gonna probably run two i would say yeah. i think optimistically two which is like and i understand that making a g and k kit is not free right like it's not free it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of money to buy the art like i'm not disputing that making a g and k kit is free i'm just saying that effectively i think the gnks and the circuit openers are essentially effectively identical with the only difference being that you get an invitation to the circuit bracket the the cbi which is uh upcoming right Mm -hmm. this uh it's going to be this weekend yeah it's this week it's like two days away and so yeah i guess that's how i feel on it overall i just i just think that i wish there was more shape is i wish there was more shape I don't love buys going away. I think they're going to get replaced with a prize, whether it's like some sort of financial compensation. I think that's fine. I am sort of almost disappointed that they're running two circuit openers this year. It is. Um, it does feel weird. That because is funny because like, f- I, I thought the general consensus was that was a good thing. That there's two circuit openers per year. It gives more opportunity for organized play, which is something that you've literally just said uh is lacking particularly like in the uk for example after uh fantastic uh uk nets uh people were going where do we go next well if you've got like one in three months and one in nine months you've got places to go right i guess it's like the thing about the circuit openers is what like what is so this, there's no store champs there's no regionals anymore right so there's just what is the circuit opener? is it a store championship or is it a regional and if it's store championship Running two a year, I think, is fine, but um, like, there's a massive gulf between you basically going straight from store champ to nationals, which I think is a massive gulf in terms of like narrative and people actually attending events and all these things. And but and so that's may- maybe on paper they're supposed to be store champs. I think in reality they're actually G and Ks. Do you think um, they should have kept the original uh, FFG structure? Then I, I think that. Like, it's always easy to say in hindsight that things don't work. And I think that the circuit opener, like, I think the doing the circuit opener thing is, like, what I would call an experiment. And I don't think experiments are bad when they fail um, because, like, there's valuable data gain. Like, they, the tiebreakers thing is, like, they decided to do the tiebreaker rounds and it just didn't work for a year. And now they're going to stop. And I think that's fine. Like, I don't think the takeaway is, like, wow, Nisa, uh, nothing will fucked up. Tiebreakers were a failure. I think it's just, like, tiebreakers didn't work, but that's whatever. Should they have kept the old structure? I think maybe. I think what, in my idealistic world, I would like to see community events take the space of regionals and be better supported by organized play. So, But I don't think you can be like, do a community event and then we'll support you. Like, that's kind of ass backwards. And there's like, that keeps it extremely limited. Like that basically I mean, like pigeonholes that to like the orbital tangent one and become in my mind. Sure, but it's like and what if Coley G's doing? Yeah, but I just think, for example, that like become and off the grid work, and then this East Coast Championships, and then I'm trying to do my thing in the West Coast. If like you know what my experience doing the West Coast thing has been is that like it's just hard to do something with no support. I don't know what resources organized play does, but I just feel like. I wish that, like, on organized play, the community has to, like, okay, so NullSignal just can't do it all on their own, and and the community can't just do it all on their own, right? Mm -hmm. From organized play perspective. They have to be, there has to be a meeting in the middle, 
Mm. Right now, I feel like the community is not being met on the middle in terms of like the 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 middle chunk of organized play, right? So I'm I wish there was like like they reissued Enigma, right? In the in the circuit opener kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they were just like, hey, you're running like a community event. If you go to a community event, you get like DBS. Like we're reprinting DBS. Like just reprint a null signal card here at like from Continentals or Intercons or something. Or just make it like full if, art. Like you have you have so many cards now, you just slap a full art on it. Like you do a full art, yeah, do a full art card, and if you go to this event, you get a full art card. Because now as a tournament organizer, I have just saved like hundreds of dollars making art. Yeah. For a card. Yeah, absolutely. And and now it's like, um, so yeah, I just feel like in some sense, because it's like, it's so fucking hard. You have to find a venue and, and, um, and yeah, organized it's hard. Rising. Yeah. Can we put a pin in this? Let's just say we don't want to pay artists. Null signal. Do it for us. <laughs> we don't want to pay. Oh, that was not your takeaway. It was close. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> what else was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So that's my feelings on organized play. But I feel like, and like I attended a bunch of events last year and I think it was like, Considering it was coming out of the pandemic, very good. Mm. I, I'm pleased I think, with the direction. I gotta say, like it's it's been a slow ramp up, but like I don't know. I just feel like we're seeing events with like more people than I expected. You know, for dead. People. I think the the big thing, and like this is not something Nelson can. Like, this is like one of something Nelson can do is like we just need more places to like we need more events, and that's coming from the community. That's and, a community, like, I, yeah. I ran a G. I ran a like essentially like a G and K on 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 Monday in Vancouver. We had sixteen people, you know, and that was with no support from Nelson Games. Like we had our own prizing and people came out and it was like a lot of fun. And we're gonna run. I think the plan in Vancouver is to run essentially two tournaments a month. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, we're gonna run like the monthly event we have at Connections and then run an event outside of that with Nelson Mill support. And like I think that's a really like I it, it's gonna it's gonna be hard. I mean Seattle Seattle runs an event every month. I think the UK, like I, I'm. It's so hard for me to look into the UK thing because, like, I hope the UK figures this stuff out, you know, because um, it seems to me there's a lot of people who want to play. It's just not a lot of places to play. Yeah, it, it's uh, like I've got a kit that's sat, and it's so hard to find a place that's like viable to play, uh, yeah, cost effectively. Like, it's just really expensive at the moment everywhere. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find a spot. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Pahelion came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. speaking of uh, tournament tournament attendance, uh, do you think following this weekend, people will be excited to play Standard when they see N- <laughs> Nanny Grid? And it's, so, it's, it's such a lovely question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they had, we, we had the fight night thing on Saturday. Sure. Last, last Saturday. That was a lot of fun. I actually sat and enjoyed the whole of Fight Night. I was very lucky to be off for the whole thing. It's the first time I've watched Netrunner for a long time. And can uh, I, can I have a controversial take? Go for it. <laughs> like people might be that's mad. Not, just not, this one time. Like, just this one. Not like you. Not like you. <laughs> but <laughs> I was really frustrated with the unbanned team. You don't think they brought their A game with an no, I as no, deck I... that had no game plan? No, I don't think they brought the A game, and that frustrates me because it felt like the Snowbears did bring the A game. Unbanned. Do you Unbanned. think that they're waiting for the CBI? I don't want to say like best decks. I don't. I don't know because I don't know like what their intentions were in their heart. I think that's the optics. Mm. 
right? Like, I think the Snare Bears basically brought their best decks, like, regardless of the fact that CBI was next week. And I look at those, like, do you think Sebastian K is going to play fucking Endless Hunger as in the CBI next week? <laughs> maybe he is. I don't know. Like, I don't, maybe he is. Maybe Odell's going to play Smoke in the CBI next week. Maybe they are. I don't know. Odell's definitely going to play Smoke. I always play Odell's smoke. avatar is Smoke on JNet, so for sure yeah, Smoke. Yeah, literally always Smoke. Okay, fine. Do you think Odell's going to play Smoke and Odell's going to win the CBI? I don't think that's true. Probably not. Okay, well, I'm there sorry. You go. I like I Smoke, but you know. I just think it's there's a frustrating thing to me where it's like there's a clear mismatch of expectations, right? And I thought, yeah, and so it's like I like I there was a discussion about we have this discussion every year internally in the Snowbears when we when they participate in Fight Night. I don't personally love Fight Night as a concept, but I help the team out and like I talk about and I witness all the discussions, right? Yeah, and every time that we have this discussion. Every time this discussion is held, the discussion is basically what level of tech should we, like, how open should our deck list be, right? Like, should we just bring what we think is the best no matter what? Should we hold stuff back? Should we um, show our whole power level? Or no? Yeah, because, like, this, because like one of the most powerful things of testing groups is the fact that you obfuscate, like, what you know and what, what you're bringing to de- tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, um, the, I think, for example, ho- like, holding the first fight night before the CBI, like a week before the Circuit Breaker Invitational, is fucking buck wild to me. Then that's not on Snare Bears or Unbanned, right? That's not on them. I just think that's a poor choice of date. And then the second thing to me is like, I cannot fucking believe that NWE in the process play the matches after the CBI, but did not have to submit deck lists. Like, that's but fucking... The deck okay. list so you're looking. So you're, you're looking... Yeah, but you're looking at fight night in a completely different way to how for example unbanned looked at it where it's like a fun event you're looking at it as like purely competitive i mean i think there's well first off it's called fight like it's it's marketed as competitive right it's not like oh let's like it's like 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 get around the fire and like be wholesome together and talk about our favorite decks it's like it's fight night based on fight club that and it is testing group versus testing group um Mm. you know i mean like so it's it's definitely marketed as competitive in my view or at least head to head and i think also that um i agree that the decks change but don't run your fight night like this okay like what do we think the purpose of fight night is i think it's it's just like an viewership yeah Yeah. tournament for people to 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 see hey these are good players they play netrunner here's some here's some hype commentary you know it's Netrunner. Yeah, I'm like, excited. Ma, Ma, Mars, Mars behind it. So Mars all about like getting the community involved, right? So that's what it's all about. I see a major it's about community. Part of, no, I agree. It's part of community, and I see the main one of the main community angles for it being that it is a way for testing groups to disseminate information to the larger player base about what they think the meta looks like. That that <clears> your <throat> brain is so that, much larger than ours right now, you have no idea. That's yeah. That that's you literally that's did not, what, not even. That's not what. No, that's not what Fight Night's designed for, though. It's not what kay. it's designed for. The number one large piece of feedback, or like I saw before Fight Night, was the people who basically were not testing for CBI because why would you? Because the deck list would be published from Fight Night the week before. I had several people in my in my meta who said that. I had, I saw several comments on Discord and Slack, essentially to the effect of, 
I'm not going. I haven't done any testing for C, uh, for the CBI yet because why would I? Because the deck list from Fight Night are going to be published, and they're going to be people are going to be bringing good decks. That was my impression when I talked to people in Unbanned and Snare Bears. Was the perspective was that a large part of the community gain was going to be that competitive deck lists were going to be shared from this event. Oh, now, was it made ex? See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But when you, when you when you spoke to people from Unbanned, did they say, "Yeah, we brought decks that were subpar"? I mean, if you had a chat with Unbanned, My, the discussion—I mean, it was vague beforehand because they didn't. I'm, we, I mean, certainly they—you know—we weren't talking openly about like what we were going to bring. Certainly, the the discussions I had with several members of Unbanned, and these were people of Unbanned who did not play, was that there was an understanding that the decks that would be played would suddenly become public and distributed and disseminated. I mean, mm -hmm. like a large part of that format is the fact that like you have really good players build crafting really good decks and those decks get shared and distributed in a way that like they normally wouldn't. Um, and to me, that's a large part of the event and uh, the I, like almost everyone I talk to, it's a large part of the event. The fact that you get these decklists shared. This um, just makes me like unbanned even more that they're like, <laughs> let's just build endless hunger as and bring it. Oh my god! I just, I just, I just think that like if you're, I just basically think that like maybe I, I, I'm gonna get fucking blasted for this thing. I'm gonna look like a good, good. I just, I just think basically that snare bears brought what they thought were the best decks, despite the fact that a tournament was going to be coming out in a week that they cared about, right? They yeah. brought R+, they brought a very tuned version of, of Nanny Egg Infusion. They brought Regonic twice, which is not using new cards, but not because they thought they were like showcasing new cards, but because they were like, this is the most powerful Anarch deck in the format, they believe, right? Mm -hmm. And that did not come, that came at a cost because like it's a community service, right? It's a community service because there will be people who will take those decks and play them in the in against them in the CBI, right? Like if you're a Snare Bear member, you've essentially given up equity in the format because you've just essentially published your deck list ahead of time. Like I know, for like there are going to be people who will play that R plus or will play that sports card for card in the CBI. Oh, for sure. Um, and you you've essentially gotten like a top tier deck list from a top tier testing group before the for tournament. free, which is for free, for free, which is fine. That's fine. Like, you know, that's the point of the event and. The being in a testing group comes with like community costs, so like that's totally fine, right? You want to help out the community. My frustration is that Snarebears did that, and I didn't. I do not feel like Unbanned did that. Do you think the solution is next fight night? It's for real this guy this time, guys, or is it next fight night jank night? I think the problem with jank night is that jank night is not fulfilling the community service role for a, a good chunks of the player base because there are large chunks of the player base that are outside of the testing group apparatus that for them fight night is a view within that apparatus and there's value in that to like look see good decks and be like oh okay like you know they under like you get a snapshot of like what the good players think is good i do not there's feel like certainly, there's Sorry, certainly the point that that it's more likely that people are taking away the as and this hunger list right that's the deck they're taking away. They're not taking away the the uh, Red Kashiko lists. They're more excited to play the Endless Hunger Ass. And so maybe I, I, you like unbanned. I think we live on different tiers. Out creative there, right? lists. I yeah. I one thousand I one thousand percent I one thousand percent disagree. Ed, because sure. my my experience was that 
this tournament I hosted the day after fight night, I saw many people playing the fight night snare bear list card for card. Sure. And um, I've seen so much endless on ground JNet. So I think we just live in different worlds. Sure. But it's like the CB, like I think we're, when we see the CBI on Saturday, it's going to be a lot of the snare bear list and not a lot of the unbanned lists. That's my, that's my. Oh, for sure. Favorite. Cause then people are trying to, to win. But I think, I, I think to Ed's yeah. point, there is community service in showing the bad decks and being like, Oh, Hey, this is, this is unorthodox, but it still works sometimes. Just not, you know, versus the top decks. Sure, oh, but you certainly, you certainly but you can certainly appreciate that my argument is basically that the snare bears gave up something tangible. Yeah. And unbanned essentially gave up nothing. Do you want do you yeah. wanna like one one announcement here? Be like unbanned, this is my final thoughts. Just go for it. My final thoughts is that I like no because I don't like the problem. The crazy thing about this is I don't even fucking like Fight Night. I just think basically like <laughs> as an outside viewer, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you presented your argument well. I get it. Um, as an outside but, viewer, I enjoyed Fight Night because I saw a range of decks. So if I'd seen four of the same, four of the same, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable, surely. Yeah, same. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I don't think Fight Night works as a format. Like, I think it's a bad, like, <laughs> like the, the sort of greater discussion is I don't think it achieves its goals very effectively for this very reason. But like, it's the thing we, I mean, it's the thing we have. A lot of people like Fight Night. That's fine. I don't I love, love Fight it. Night. Personally. I love it. Great but, job, PSK. More Fight Night. The, I love it. The I, announcers were very. I thought. I thought the announcers were very good. Peter. Oh, um, Peter did his first commentary, didn't he? He was very Peter, good. Peter did... I thought Cat did a very good job. I thought Peter did a very good job. Cat was excellent. Yeah. Cat was excellent. Um, okay. So, uh, can I have a controversial opinion now? Sure. <laughs> I felt like the level of hype could have been taken up. If not one, then several notches <laughs> in the commentary. And I get that there's not always stuff going. And I get that we're not Andre. None of us are. So but like... So I don't know. I don't know. I felt like the commentating could have been like a little bit, a little bit more like, oh shit. Phil, 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 I'll stop you right there. Yeah. Commentary is really difficult. I, I know. I, uh, I know. I, oh, I, oh, that, that... I hosted, so I hosted Euros 2021, I think it was, 2020. Yeah, that was a, a 14 hour tournament. Let me tell you, it's really difficult to keep the hype levels up. Oh, I, I understand. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, next fight night, I'm listening to you, commentators. I'm judging. That, well, first off, I will say that, um, first off, Kat and Peter are not color commentators. They are, like, analysis. Absolutely. Mm. So there are, like, they're kind of lower energy, but, like, that's because, like, they're supposed to find, like, gaps in the, in like, Andrew is a really great color commentator. He is not incredible at analysis, in my view. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting this the other way around. Um, Andre is really good. Cat uh, and Peter are color commentators. Andre is a, a great play-by-play, -play, right? Yeah. So I, I think Andre's, Andre's like phenomenal play-by-play. -play. Yeah, excellent. The, the best play-by-play -play commentator in the Netrunner scene. I think he's an okay yeah. color commentator, but he's not a great color commentator. I think Peter and Cat are bad play-by-play -play commentators and, and great color commentators. Sure. And and so also like the fucking games were shit. Like the call like the games were bad. Like what do you like what do you want? Like like they were, yeah, they were not good games. Right, like, they were not good games of Netrunner. 
it's just talk, sports that's running over really, people. That's yeah. what that's what we need to get onto. Yeah, we need to get onto the fact that the games were bad, and uh, what does that mean for the meta? Should, I think the should we pay Sorry, teams to take losses during <laughs> fight night? I I just think like if you look at that nanny egg game at the end, like what's there to say? The game was bad. Like it's a bad game of netrun to watch. Like <laughs> like also Brandon was taking like five minute turns when he couldn't win. Yeah, um, you gotta argue with Brandon a lot when you're orkling for him. I think. Well, I don't think. I, God, I, I hope the oracle was. I, I imagine Procomus was not saying anything as an oracle, and like it's a tough spot to be in, right? Like it's a complex board state. Oh, for but sure. But it's just like the like the last fifteen minutes of that game, like D had won. There was like one very small line of victory, but we're tanking on like five minute turns. Yeah. Um, no, the Brandon almost won. <laughs> well, he did, I mean, he got to send a message <laughs> off the top. I also think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What was I gonna say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the games were not good. I mean, I the format. I like. Right. I'm not gonna watch the CBI on Saturday. Um, Are you not in it? I'm not gonna play it no. No, Can I don't I know because I. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I have my ticket that I'm gonna get my prizes. Oh, okay. Or you, you think that's wrong? I haven't then. judged you yet. I haven't heard <laughs> what you got to say about formulating his judgment. Can I? Can I have your I, ticket? My no, because I want my dirty laundries. Hmm. Can he impersonate you during yeah, the show? Sure, yeah, sure. You can impersonate me. I'll have to teach you a bit more about Canadian politics, but that's okay. Um, got some takes. We'll, we'll do that later. I we can roll into it now. I kind of I kind of wanted to highlight the Parhelion release. Can we choose one card each to shout out? That we like hate? Yeah, or love. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Phil, what's your Parhelion card? I love the Brain Bugs. The hippocampic mechanocytes. <laughs> I got a hand size of 11 the other day. It was great. It was great. Ed, what about you? I love Ampere because I can uh, put 14 ice in the deck and then it doesn't really matter what else is there. Sure. Yeah. Um, I hate World Tree so much. I hate <laughs> it with the rage of a thousand suns. I just think it's such. <laughs> I just think it's such a stupid fucking card. Like, do you hate it? Hate it more than any grade? Yeah, oh, a thousand percent, thousand percent, thousand percent. Really? Oh, wow. because the fucking the 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 grade decks are really fucking stupid, but they are like exploitable. Like, not very exploitable, but like we can build decks that like are good against them. Yeah. The World Tree deck is just like it's R plus or bust. Like it's R plus. Hope you draw. I hope you drew Drago in like the first two turns, and otherwise, like I hope you enjoy playing a forty-minute game where you couldn't win after turn five. Like it is like the peak shaper prison frustrating experience oh, where absolutely. like none of your decisions really matter, and they just have such a massive economic advantage, and they can't really beat you except like for in like ten turns, and you can't really beat them like. Trying to win only makes you lose because you can just get in the remote. But like they don't have enough centrals pressure to actually be able to close the game. So you're just in this awful stasis where like, okay, you can't really like you're like trying can't really build a remote and like you can't really keep them out of centrals and you can't rig shoot them because they have and like if you're trying to do anything that is like interesting, they have a tech card for you. So you can't grind them out and um it's just, it's just so. It's, it's why I love World Tree because it's not a win condition, and like, 
like the board states you get with the world tree on it are like peak shaper. I just love to see it. But yeah, like the games, the games are shit. <laughs> it's like, I just like have a policy where like, I'll just concede the world tree after like turn six. Like mm. it's just so like put like, and I'm not like personally, it's just so fucking miserable. Like it's so bad. It's yeah. so awful. And truly a CTM. I used to do that against how, CTM. How do you think? <laughs> Eric, obviously you've been involved in testing in the past uh, sure. or present. How do you think World Tree made it through? Um, I mean, I I, I know the answer to that question, but I'm not allowed to say. You know Sh- what I mean? Shape is it design goals? Yeah, is it design goals? Is it dev team? Not listening. But like, to well, I'm not going to throw. Like, like, I'm, I'm, it, I'm, like, I'm not going to throw. Interested. But I'm not going to throw another single on the bus. Just no, the OP team. Of course yeah. it's not, but it's, what, what's your opinion on it? Uh, my opinion is that playtesting is really hard. Mm. Mm. I, also, I also just think that, like, yeah, my playtesting is really hard, and, like, I don't feel... I just don't feel bad about... Like, I'm not mad at Nelson single game or the playtesters or dev or design or whatever. I just think, like, I just play against that card, and I'm like, I don't want to play Netrunner. I would rather be, like, staring at a, a wall um, because this fucking sucks. And... um. It's just so dumb that we get to play like a 70 card deck that is like super consistent. Like that should not happen. Um, yeah. I imagine, I really hope it like Woo gets banned or like some, some piece of the deck gets banned that makes it inoperable. And um, it's pretty fucking damning indictment of a game that you're saying, like, I would rather stare at a wall than play it when sure, you've got but a it's like, on it. Right. I mean, sure, <laughs> sure, but it's, I guess it's just sort of like there are, I think objectively, it's like kind of like it's a skill testing deck and like it's really only beatable by R plus, but like I think if you talk to other competitive players, they wouldn't feel as strongly about it. Mm. Um I personally, Eric Keelback, fucking hate it. Like I find it absolute misery. Um it's just all the worst like it's just all the worst impulses of Netrunner in one deck. I watch it being played and like I watched it being played at my tournament on Monday and everyone who played it went to time. It's so much shuffling. You're shuffling it like you it's so much shuffling of like a seventy card deck. Like, it's not even a fast shuffle. It's insane. It's insane to me that um, it's just, like, completely fucking busted in paper. Like, it just, it doesn't, it's like the, it's like peak, like, oh, um, Netrunner should, like, follow JNet, Netrunner deck. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's awful. I hate it. Testing is on JNet, so that makes sense. So you're saying they're a printed museum. I mean, the takeaway for me isn't, like, oh, testing made a failure. The takeaway for me is they should just ban the World Tree or something. You know what I mean? Like, because... It doesn't matter if testing made a failure or not. Like it, we're living in like where we have to play the cards as they came out. Like you yeah. could you could litigate like, the fact that didn't, testing didn't June didn't June say if there wasn't a card ban, then she'd failed as a designer. I think that statement has aged like milk. <laughs> <laughs> I I also think that um like one of the reasons I wrote the article was just to try and convince people to get it, the card ban. Mm. Okay. You, you have a history of that, like. <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, because I and I was right about Vashron. Like, I don't think like the the history books aren't going to be like, and he was wrong. Like, I was right. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I mean. Is the Jesus, is the Jesus meme going to come for a second time? <laughs> you know what's so funny about that whole thing was like, um, I didn't even. Like, I'm so a-religious that I hadn't even considered the fact that I would describe myself as Jesus as being a big deal. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> like, people got mad you comparing yourself to Jesus. And I was like, 
who fucking cares? He's some guy from you know Israel, like whatever. Um, it's mostly just like the f- meme format's really funny. Um, <laughs> it is a good meme format. Like it's just a good meme format. Like it has nothing to do. Like to me, that meme has almost little to do with the fact that he's Jesus. And just like it's a funny meme format. Um, <laughs> and so I think they will ban. Here's what's gonna happen. Ready? Let's go. They're gonna tr- yeah. they're gonna try and ban a piece from R plus. Oh please. R plus is gonna become not good. Good. And then during the playtesting process for the ban list, they're gonna realize, oh, with R plus gone, the fucking game doesn't work anymore because World Tree Boo is like sixty plus into every deck. And then they'll have to ban Wu. And then the, the game will be good again. And they'll probably also errata Nanny Grid. I say this as someone uh, who does not talk has to, not talked uh, like um sorry for the for the fans, that's gonna to be too to, uh unique. Yeah. I yeah, and I think I have not and I, this is not me being like, oh, I've talked to the bandless team and I know what's going to happen. This is just like my predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be shocked if that did not happen. Yeah, that sounds um, good to me. So, would that be NSG's first functional errata? Yeah, and I think like it's fine. Like, like people, like some people, are like, oh, we can't errata cuts. I'm like, why not? Like, let's do it. Like what? Sticker like packs. just do it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, how about new players? How about new players? They That's get fine. Cards. They'll play on the kitchen table. They'll be like, Nanny does nothing because I don't know how to play and they'll live. Because the, yeah, like the Nani thing is like, the, no one's going to show up. Like the Nani. If it's only like good buy... in Egg Infusion Prison. Like, yeah, like maybe that's... Ob. I don't know, but it's fine. I, I just think the places where it's like really degenerate, it's like, that's where the errata is found. Hmm. You know? I think and, 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 and so I think. I think that's, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't like the form. I think the, the format's pretty fucked right now. Like, it's very bad. Um, I have an obligation on Saturday. Like, I'm playing in a pro quest for Flesh and Blood. But, like, if I wasn't playing in the pro quest, I don't think I'd play in the CBI. Is that how they frame tournaments? The quests? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, I like that. What's the, what's the prizing for the CBI anyway? Uh, or, oh, like, Reaper uh, Function Dirty Laundries or something. It's oh, weird. it's uh, top half get foil spin doctors. I mean, foil dirty laundry is just good, and like I don't like like I look at these prizes like I think these are good prizes, but for like me personally, I have the fill spin doctors, which is what I play in all my decks. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, I don't play play mats, and foil dirty laundries I get just for signing up. So like, why would I play? For the love of the game, which we don't have. <laughs> Can we move on to UK politics corner? Can we oh. take a pause? Are we, yeah, we're not going to fit in Bake Off, eh? No, we're fitting it in. Ed, we, first off, I haven't, we'll I haven't, I, hour in you? I haven't, I haven't eaten yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, please, God, I'm starving. I haven't eaten dinner, and it's it's 7.30 here. And Don't you think your commentary Eric, on baking will be so Eric, much better if you're hungry? I'm already Eric, pretty it's, grumpy. It's 3.40 a.m., right? Like, you're staying. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you guys do the Bake Off section without me? I think no. we need three judges. Um, oh I'm gonna go God. and grab a drink. I'll be back in thirty seconds. Okay, two minute, two minute break. Phil, you gotta get me out of here. You Eric, just go out. eat something real quick. Come back. I can't. I I don't have any. I have to make dinner. You don't have a granola bar in your house? No, I'm too poor. I only I only buy the food specifically for meals. Oh, smart. Oh, that's so healthy. I mean, Damn. is it? But I'm it like eating is. sausages. I'm eating sausages and rice tonight. That seems that seems fair. That's such a student meal. Yeah, good job. Yeah, proud of you for cooking. People love the skip to the dishes. 
I, I only skip on uh, Tuesday because I was just so fucking exa- exhausted. Mm-hmm. Is Ed back yet? I'm so hungry. We No, speed run, bake off. I feel like I don't want to speed run, bake off because I want to give each thing respect. Do we need to give Sanjay respect? I mean, who do you think has won this bake off thing? It might be Sanjay, yeah. I think it is. I think it is Sanjay. That's the crazy part. I also oh, think yeah, we should consider shit. that. I think we should consider his wife's submission as part of his, or like his submit, like the two submissions should be held together. Oof. That is that a statement on marriage? I mean, I just think it's like, listen, I've been reading the Tax Act a lot, the the Canadian Tax Act a lot lately for law school. Yeah, and sure. I just think we should treat treat it as one household. Hmm, interesting. They have a child. They have a child that is like half them and like half of each of them. Like that alone makes it like. A Do you think they fed the cooking to the child? That yeah, it mixes with the child, and that makes the bake off like like it's half and half. Like, yeah. Uh, Ed, the the topic of discussion is Sanjay and Laura's entries. Should they be considered one entry or no? No, two entries. I think they're distinct uh, enough. What, yeah. What do you mean? What I do you think, mean? I think I think they're very keen for them to be two entries. I I uh, look I I well. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but in Laura's, I see a loving homage. To her husband's Waylon Holiday dessert from two years ago. I do think I that, like, I haven't seen a lot of Laura, and I was like, oh, I understand why Laura and Sanjay are married now. <laughs> oh, I know. You're like, oh, damn. Sanjay's so good. And then you're like, damn. Damn, Laura's, Laura's good, too. I, I don't know if I have a favorite anymore. Um, okay, do you want to talk we about... Think- we, let's speed run Canadian politics. politics. Okay, I'm going to go... Oh, with UK oh, politics. Okay. Me and me and Ed will do UK politics. You go eat, and then no, we'll... no, no, it's fine. What is what is it to, what is the talk about UK politics? Ed, so we're back with UK Canadian politics corner. Yes, we've got a we've got a, a two in one this week, right? Because we're talking about the NHS, oh, and my question was: Christ. the Canadian health service is in crisis. The I mean, UK all... health service in crisis which health service is in the most crisis can we start think... with definitions can can you spell out what nhs is what what are those letters phil jesus christ no right. i have so a point in, here no so in the uk it's national health service mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which means that each country england wales scotland northern ireland have their own national health services funded by the taxpayer and uh the money in your taxes goes to the health service, which I believe is similar but different to in Canada. Phil, could you explain the difference? Correct. In Canada, each province runs their own health services with funding from the national government. There are more provinces from my quick counting than England, Wales, and Scotland. Did I miss one? And Northern Ireland. And Northern Ireland. Apologies to Northern Ireland. Uh, so it is my theory that the NHS will fold first because there is just more stages to go through in Canada. You know, there's more dominoes to tip over. Canada's in crisis because the provinces aren't getting the funding that they need because, uh, Justin Trudeau said, quote, I'm not giving money (laughs) to, to failing health services. He literally said, "Okay, oh, I'm not going to give God. you money if you're just going to embezzle it. So you got to provide some transparency." And they're like, "Nah, we're good." Okay, <laughs> I 
I studied and wrote papers on this in university. And like listening to you guys talk about it, it's like actually it's like so weird. <laughs> can I can what, I explain accurate can, our takes are? Yeah. Because <laughs> like you're like you're like sixty-five percent of the way there. Oh, that's pretty um, good. That's better than I thought like, we do. Can I can I explain the Canadian thing and then weigh in on the British thing? Please. Mm. Okay, so here's the problem. When you look at how the Canadian constitution is set up, um, the Canadian constitution divides a series of powers between um, the federal and the provincial governments. So it says, okay, well, the federal government's going to be responsible for national defense. And the province is going to be responsible for like um, laws surrounding property in the province. Um, one of the provincial responsibilities is healthcare. And when the constitution was made in 1867, this wasn't seen as a big deal. But as medical technology has progressed, um, healthcare just continues to be the largest expenditure on provincial budgets every single year. The other problem is that the federal government has the um, the vast majority of taxation powers within the Canadian state. So when we look at like who gets to collect most of the tax, it's the federal government. This is a problem because the federal government collects more tax to pay for services, but the largest expenditure, healthcare, is a responsibility of the provincial governments. So there's this tension here, right? The provincial government collects more money, but they have to pay for the biggest thing. The Canadian government's solution to this is something called transfer payments. So transfer payments are basically this idea that we want a minimum standard of healthcare within Canada. So although you have like 10 different um, provincial healthcare systems, you should get sort of a minimum quality of care, regardless of whether you live in Nova Scotia or Alberta. It's a problem, though, because if Nova Scotia, the Nova Scotia provincial government is having a bad year financially, how are they going to pay for healthcare at the same level of quality as like a province like BC or Alberta? Well, basically what the, um, the federal government does is they look at the provinces that are doing the, the best financially and transfer money from them to the provinces that are doing the worst financially to be used for healthcare. The, the, the federal government also kicks in some money of their own um, from the income tax, basically, to pay for healthcare as well. But that's basically how healthcare is paid for. Here's the problem. The vast majority of provincial governments are ran by conservatives, and the conservatives don't want to privatize the Canadian healthcare system. So they're quite happy to watch the, the provincial system essentially fall into disrepair. The provinces want more money to pay for healthcare. The problem is, is the federal government just gives the, if the federal government just gives the provincial government money for healthcare, it is unclear whether that money will actually be spent on healthcare. So imagine, for example, that, um, the, uh, Let's say the, the Ontario provincial government spends like $5 billion a year on Ontario healthcare, right? And mm -hmm. the uh, federal government says, okay, we'll give the Ontario government $2 billion additional dollars to spend on healthcare expenditures. You, what you might say is, well, that's great because now $7 billion total will be spent on healthcare. Well, actually what will happen is the Ontario provincial government will say, that's great. Thanks for the $2 billion. We're going to take two, $2 billion out of our initial five and spend it on other stuff that makes our voters happy. And so what you've actually done is spend the exact same amount on provincial healthcare, $5 billion. You've just essentially given the provincial government $2 billion extra dollars to spend on the stuff that they want, which the federal government is really frustrated with. So the federal government basically said, okay, well, we'll give you more money if you like give us receipts and prove that the additional money we give you is going to be spent on healthcare. And eventually, the, the, initially, the provinces were like, absolutely not. But recently, Doug Ford, said, um, the premier of Ontario, said, actually... I will agree to those conditions, and I imagine that the provinces will follow through because the provinces are actually pretty desperate and do need the money. Um, it's just like really foolish for the federal government to just give money heads up. That's, that's what that's I Canadian said, government. but less funny. And then the, the the British thing is like, I don't really understand the British thing. To me, the British thing just seems to be that the NHS is massively underfunded. 
Yeah, like that's basically the problem, right? The, the NHS is just so really underfunded. Yeah, essentially what's happening with the NHS is the funding's going into the wrong places. So, for example, failed PPE contracts, uh, sure. you know, like mm. uh, 150 million on uh, PPE during COVID, like two years ago, but the PPE wasn't up to standard. That came out of the NHS budget rather than out of government budget. And there's there's a, a scandal at the moment with a uh, a member of the House of Lords who was a um, a company owner, company director uh, <laughs> of one of these companies where like the NHS had uh, spent 150 million or whatever it was on PPE, and uh, it turned out that it was just her company. And that's happening across the board. Our our Minister of Culture, Michelle Donnellan. Her husband started the company in March 2020, which was for PPE, and it got a contract for 120 million pounds I mean, of PPE. And and you know, like it's so corrupt, it's so massively corrupt. But the problem is, all this money goes onto the NHS budget, and then uh, the NHS go, "We haven't got very much money," and the government say, "Well, actually, we've given you this much money," and the NHS go, "Yeah, but." It's gone to the wrong places. I'm glad we're happens. not the only country with zero accountability for politicians. One of one of my yeah, takeaways also is is the NHS thing to me that seems to be a symptom. Like essentially post Brexit, the, the British economy has a massive growth issue. And like the economy's fucked also is the is the other problem. It didn't help with um what's her fucking name? The person who lasted shorter than a head of lettuce. Oh, let's trust. This yeah. trust didn't help, but like it just seems to me that like the Boris government promised these things like leveling up and like all these mm. economic policies that just like haven't really materialized. And but who was it that promised leveling up? It was Rishi Sunak, who's the prime minister. It's Rishi Sunak. Do you think the leveling like, up thing is actually going to work? I think it's a really good idea that's not actually uh, going to come to anything. It's just something you can say. It sounds good. I think to me that like. The leveling up thing to me speaks to this like broader idea of like the North becoming an economic powerhouse again or whatever, instead of it mm. just being like the South. I think yeah, I think leveling up sounds really good, but it was never clear to me how that was actually gonna like work. Like it it sounds really like the idea of like we're just gonna improve your quality of life sounds great, but mm. there was never like any material like it was all like wishy washy and also like the Brexit thing. I mean, I it's the 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 British econ the UK economy has not recovered from Brexit. And no, it's and the real the real issue is that we've got negative in immigration now, and so we've got like no. masses of jobs in the NHS, for example, and no one's there to fill them, and so everyone's on strike at the moment. So train workers are on strike, uh, nurses are on strike, teachers are on strike, police force I believe are on strike, firemen are on strike, everyone's on strike because they want more money because cost of living is going up. I think it's a worldwide issue. I think France have it worse than the UK, if I'm not mistaken. The country's coming to a standstill. And levelling up is a long-term project, and we need short-term solutions. I agree with the short-term solution thing. I also think, like, yeah, I don't know. Do you think you, killing bosses is a good way to level up? <laughs> Usually it is. He's not... <laughs> I, um, 
We need to do Bake Off because I'm starving. I'm starving. Yeah, Bake Off time. <laughs> bake Off time. Thank you, everyone, for participating in this year's Bake Off. Let's start. Can we start with PyCat? If I can find it. You can find it. I believe in you. PyCat, yeah. lovely person, showed up to our GNK, not GNK, pub runner randomly over Christmas. Didn't get the player, but lovely person from what I understood. Yeah. Behold my archive of gingerbread nightmares. An ode to nightmare archives. In a Google sheet. Great job. I love this. This is insane. This is an insane amount of work. This is a like, technical accomplishment. I don't know if anyone's ever made gingerbread before, but it's fucking not easy. Not for this is like this, this is an insane amount of work in my view. The crazy thing is, it looks like Nightmare Archive. It's um, literally one for one. You could make an alt art out of this. Like, it's actually pretty sick. This this is strong, in my opinion. This is... Uh, yeah, I haven't given my final verdict yet, but I think we're starting strong here. It is incredibly difficult to, to do what they've done. The amount of planning that's gone into it, uh, the skill. You can see the gingerbread itself is all even coloured. So the bake itself is very good. Uh, I, I think it's great. How do yeah. we want to rate so, these? We didn't get to that yet because I think we were all quite busy. Should we just all give one rating out of three? Make it super cutthroat? Out of three? I kind of want a tie at out the top three. for reasons that will become apparent if there's a tie at the top. Okay. Phil, what, out of three, what do you give this? I'm going to give this one a two. Excellent effort. Ed? I'd give this a three. I think it's phenomenal. You know the problem with my. You know what my problem with this one is, Ed. What would have pushed this from a two to a I'd three? Love, I'd, I'd love to hear like, why I, you disagree I'm, with me. I've made a lot of. I've made a no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, you you disagree with me on the network stuff all the time. Didn't stop you. Fucking right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, if you look at the Nightmare Archive art, what do you notice yeah. in the artwork? Water. No, all these like lights and like lights and stuff lights. on the building. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think I think I, I, I think do. a few I think a few gumdrops would have <sighs> just would have just made it a lot better. You know, like it would have really it like it like because it's like I think it's very good. I think it all being like the gingerbread plus the frosting makes it to the eye look a little like samey. Mm. I think as like a constructed work though, it's quite impressive. I think if it had just gone, if we just like had a bit of put a colored frosting or some gumdrops to like simulate the lights in the artwork, I would have put it to a three, but I have to go with a two here. A two. You got it. I think it's amazing though. Great job, PyCat. That's incredible. Incredible. Uh, someone choose the next one. Uh, do you want to do the uh, mud cake? Is that Neil? Yes. Neil, for the bake-off, has made... Well, let me let me read. The Oxford English Dictionary defines turbine as a machine for producing continuous power in which a wheel or rotor, rotor oh my damn, typically fitted with vanes is made to revolve by a fast-moving flow of water, steam, gas, air, or other fluid. I've made a cheesecake inspired by the K2CP turbine. is vanilla-flavored cheesecake made in two batches with food coloring to produce a patented swirl. Oh my god, that was too much to read. It isn't baked, but it did taste pretty good. I, I think it's a very pretty photo. It's beautiful. And look at that cut into it. It's great. Yeah. I think this is I think this is better than 
uh, like first glance, it looks like it's decorated on the top, and you can see the swirls all the way through. Mm. It's very impressive. Phil, what would you rate this out of three? I think I'm giving it a, a two. I think technically it's not super great, but I think just it's a really great use of like technique to illustrate a point. You know what I mean? And what do you rate this? If I'm going to be super critical, I'm going to say the base is uneven, and you can see like towards the middle of the the cheesecake, it's kind of almost fifty fifty cheesecake and base, and like there's not a lot else going on here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be critical. I'm going to give it a 1.5. Nice. Okay. I, I'm going to have to give it a 1 because it's not baked. And this is a bake-off. Uh, so oh, by, I mean, what do you want? That's what so do you bad. Want? What do you want from me? It's not baked. It's not baked. It's not baked. Uh, it's, oh, I disagree a, with you strongly. This is a bake-off. It's a bake. It's not a, it's not a food-off. It's a bake-off. Food, as a logical consequence, has to be baked. I dis- almost tried to disqualify Sanjay last year. On these grounds, you did I'll, argue I'll, for it, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'll We're be gonna... consistent. Oh, sorry, this <laughs> is so from many DQs coming up. Yeah. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. This is from Utati. I, I think I'm saying that right. Who's? Uh, they're around. They're around. Who didn't pick oh, one yet? I haven't picked one yet. I'd like to have a a dig into Aaron's bake off. Winner of last year, Aaron again submitting something very impressive. Yeah, this is a wait. Pravados. Holy shit! There's a video. What is this video? A tomato. This video is the. This video is the, um, is the. Is the cake mix they essentially made the tomato soup cake. Why is this um, a TikTok? I'm too old for this. Because because that's how Zoomers communicate. You fucking old person. This is a providosed cake. I, one of the things I liked about this is they gave us a lot of photos of the construction because I was actually really like one of the things that's really interesting about the providos is it's a tall building. Making a tall cake is really hard. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so. I think the end result, I actually quite like it. Just in terms of like, it actually looks a lot like, there's like a lot of decorations on it. It looks a lot like the Providost uh, artwork, in my view. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, the the criticism of not having gumdrops or whatever, there's these little yellow hits here and there that really emulate the the lights in the building. Yeah, I think for me personally, I'm... I don't think it's the most technically beautiful cake I've seen, but I think it's like it's technically impressive in terms of like getting that the middle middle pillar to stand up like that. It's hard. It's hard to make a tall cake, and it looks a lot like the card. So I think like in terms of theme, it carries a lot there. So I'm gonna give this a two. This is a straight up three for me. I would fuck with this. I would eat this whole cake. <laughs> two kinds of cake in there. Look at this. Three solid three. I have a, a question for the judges. You're the judges. So, other judges, were we not asking the contestants to build or oh, make shit. or create or bake oh, shit. a Parhelion bake? Yeah, I'd like to tender. I'd yep. like to tender a, a change in score. I'd like to submit a one. No, I. I this I is agree. just a straight up DQ. I agree. It's a DQ. Oh my god, this is a DQ. It's you. You hate to see your heroes fall from grace. Oh my God, Aaron! Aaron, Sorry. read the Aaron, Aaron. Reddit post. Aaron, next I would time. have given you a three. However, it's a it's a DQ. I'm, I'm putting a Sorry. three on the sheet, but also DQ. Oh my it's God, a D, that's, a, that's that's a DQ. You hate to see it. It would have been a three, it, but it happens. It would have been Wow, I did not realize. Thank you for bringing that up. Tried to Brutal sneak one in there, huh, Aaron. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I think I think she thought that like because she won last year, she could just do whatever the hell she wants. But we have standards. This is a Please. a competition with years of history and and lots of competitive rigor, and I, I just think it'd be unbefitting to not DQ this this cake. The judges have spoken. All right. Should we hit the coca checks? Yes. The dark horse of the competition. Someone who is always bending the rules, but has yet to be DQ'd. Sanjay, the Amperdu casserole. So Sanjay writes to us, this year's submission is in the form of a playlist of videos. So you click on this fucking link. It brings you to YouTube. Uh, And then you have like, it's almost an hour of videos, right? An hour of videos? What do you mean? It's like 25 minutes. Okay, 25 minutes of videos. <laughs> about Phil, 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 be honest. Have you watched the whole thing? I've got, I'm I'm like, I got the first one, the second one, the third one fully watched. The fourth one, I made it three quarters of the way. And then I watched the last two. There's only six. What do you mean? You like that? <laughs> I, Phil, I didn't have the extra two minutes, all right? Your integrity as a judge is being questioned. I know, I just, and it's you you can judge my integrity as a judge. I think yes. I will say I, I was think I thought about this one for a while actually. There's this question of like whether is like is food art? Mm-hmm. And I think when I'm considering food like food is art and like the experience and the plating and like all of the like surrounding like it's not just the food like it's not just like how does the food taste, but it's like it's all of the things, it's the presentation, it's the performance. I think for me, this is a three. It's not like a cake, but it is baked. I also think the joke about like, I'm going to make a food that's ampere and it's going to use one of each ingredient is like just maybe so funny. Like it's in my top jokes of the year for me so far. Uh, Like that's just so fucking funny. So I'm going to give this a three. I'm going to agree with you. Sorry. No, no, no. Okay. We'll keep mine secret for now. Ed, go for no, it. Sorry, Phil. I, I, I think I should go first. I, I particularly enjoyed the fact that I got the joke and you didn't get the joke. It had to be explained to me. Can you explain the joke for people? Yeah. So, Amperdu um, is a, a play on Pan Perdu, which is uh, the French word for French toast or eggy bread in the UK. <laughs> Uh, or apparently in Canada, it's called like golden toast. In French, it's pain d'arrêt, which is golden toast or gilded toast, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pain perdu and perdu. I was like, I'm already here for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a three from me. Uh, for the first time, for Sanjay, he gets full marks. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I love his chef's hat. I love his chef's hat so much. It's so good. The yeah, it's good. so big. It's so big. <laughs> it's so, did, did you see their Halloween costume? This yes, might be a symmetrical think, yeah. visage exclusive, but it, it made use of yeah. the chef hat. It was very good. Uh, for me, I, I, like... I did say yes. Uh, they have this little stand for Ampere. Like, look at this. I think this is the last picture. And they have this stand with the, like, terminal directive box, all the little expansion boxes to hold the laptop. Is that just a permanent fixture in their kitchen? Because that was there for the first bake off. It's, it's so funny. Like it's like <laughs> so yeah. good. it's good framing. This just looks good. It looks delicious. And like, yeah, tying in the, the card theme and the lore and the pun. The pun is very important. Any future bake off contestant, the pun is very important. Three out of three. Full marks for Sanjay. 
Wow, so it's a full. I think that's uh, honestly, it's so he's put so much work in in the previous. It's nice to see him get paid out for his work. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah, the long grind. Um, oh. we have we have uh, oh, what do we have left? We have the we got Laura. Oh, we have Laura. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Laura's is a video. Laura's also a video. Mm. Um, more reasonably, more reasonable in length than Sanjay. I think this was really funny, and I loved it, but I also have to disqualify. I have to give a one because it was not baked. Yeah, I think we've discussed this in previous bake-offs. Like, is not baking... Actually, this this is a throwback to the first year where Sanjay was almost DQ'd for not baking um, and just making a drink once again. A more disgusting-looking drink. I think Laura did a better job overall. There's no pepperoni in that. Um, Laura's, so fu- Laura's so funny. Laura's so funny. Like- like this is such I just such a funny and like just the the video has so much humor in it too and they get so humor good. in there like, she oh she also she did it to one of my one of my favorite pieces of music of all time it's uh, Sanson's uh, Dance Macabre which is yeah is a, a brilliant piece of music as well so big so, smiles also- there uh, I have to, I have to DQ her unfortunately she didn't she didn't bake anything and. Uh, I, I personally that has previously wild. not been a DQ, but you know. Well, but the standards keep raising. That's the problem, right? Sure, sure, sure. Phil, I believe I did actually give low marks for. Uh, you, you can Sanjay give a low mark. One. You just I, I'm I'm gonna veto a DQ is what I'm oh. saying. <laughs> okay, I'll give a one then. I I will say one of the funniest things to me is that the the uh, the cards that is on the stand are proxies because this was probably filmed before the the Nelsingle cards were. Able oh, to get no them. one got their cards yet for <laughs> sure. So I got um, I got some insider scoops on this one. This is based off of a scene from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I've never seen, but where they have to like explain what these monsters are doing in town and figure out how to kill them without being able to talk. So that's why they're not talking. Oh, it's, I think the episode's yeah. hush. Oh. Hush. Yes, correct. Uh, oh, it makes so much sense now. I love coffee. Yeah. Oh, it says uh. that in the description. This is not a huge revelation. There's a link to the, the scene in the video itself. Oh, I'm literally, it's one of the best episodes of Buffy of all time. It's it. It's I, so I funny to get me. The reference. And look, yeah. she, she's got a couple of ones. I'm going to give her a three just to just to balance it out. We have one more to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's hit the last we've got, one. We've got two two more to go. What? We've got um we've got world champion, former world champion Rotom Appliance with a late entry. <laughs> Can you post his entry here? <laughs> Repost it because it, it's so it, forgettable. It's, it's in the it's in the group chat. Late entry here. Oh. Chipman from Vladibursk. Chipman from Vladibursk. They're saying don't look in the crates because they're full of tiffin, aka shipment from pet cakes from Rotom Appliance. Did he make this? Did he? He uh, he made that for Laura's kids uh, when they came over to the UK. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You can't. But whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We can't use an old photo. Like, this was not made for the competition. 
And also, shipment from Vladiburst is, I believe, not a Parhelion card. Oh, no, so the I grid think... is not, but the shipment is. The shipment is. Oh, the shipment is. Oh. So I think okay. the, the use of a late photo, I think, undermines some of the core principles that we want to see in this competition. Absolutely. So mm. I'm going to say I'm gonna say DQ and a, and a, and a, and a at least two-year ban from future participation. Uh, straight up zero from me. <laughs> and uh, a, a boo. A boo from me okay. to patrick yeah um so now we have just um the the mud cake left the mud cake let me open that one up from jake who goes by jinglist 93 on jinteki i would never attempt something like this i'll be honest i'm not brave enough so like i don't understand like how did they get the water part in there so i want to read this out right so it says hi my name's Jake, and I'm from Perth, Western Australia. My friend and I attempted to make a full caramel mud cake. Four layers of caramel mud cake, an icy blue jelly water with some sea life surrounding a royal iced full HQ. Our water turned out to be our undoing as it dissolved our full HQ icing, but it was still pretty delicious. Here are some photos of the journey and the final product. This, I, I don't know how to do it myself. I think there's a photo where they, like, show that they, like, essentially enclosed the section of the cake that they cut away they, like, with, like, tinfoil and poured, poured gelatin in there that, like, hardened. This is so cool to this me, is, yeah. This, this is such a sick cake. Like, <laughs> so impressive. Um, I think this is, like, to me... I think this is a three. I mean, it's, 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 it's a tool that you can eat. Like, what more could you want? Like, this is so cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna steal Ed's spot here. This is a three from me too. Just the theme, just the the whole thinking of it. The plastic shark. That's a three. That's a three. This is what I'm looking for in Bake Off. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to judge this a bit more, kind of rather than just looking at it fancifully. I'm gonna have to judge it on technicalities. And uh, when I look at the sponge, when I look at the the jelly itself. Is a three from me as well. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, this is really good. Yeah. So we really we have a tie. We have a tie. We have a tie. What that means is that Thule Cake and uh, Ampere Du are going to Anacroma Mushroom, which I think is is the uh, what are the cool <laughs> and kids called? Anarcho Mushrooms Mom. <laughs> for, for no. yes yes so these are going straight to her inbox and we will be getting a judgment back and hopefully with audio she can judge that so yeah congratulations to whoever makes it out of that alive <laughs> that's incredible i i think sanjay's gonna get diced up <laughs> <laughs> sanjay's definitely losing that one unfortunately yeah. <laughs> i don't know i don't know i like i feel like she could judge the crack harshly in the the mm. Thule cake, but yeah. oh yeah, who knows? yeah, who knows? Oh, I'm so excited. Nice. Good, good. Okay, so thrilling conclusion to uh, Bake Off next time, or possibly in like right now. But shall we wrap this one off? So Eric, that was a fun ahead. episode. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go make dinner. Um, that's a fun episode, everyone. Oh, yeah. Happy Bake Off. Happy Parthelian. Par Parthelian. Yeah. yeah, it's like we'll do it. We'll do an episode probably another month or so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ed, any oh, um, any, uh, any final thoughts? I mean, 
interested to do an episode after the CBI. Ooh, I yeah. think that with with the final uh, verdict on the Bake Off and some hot takes on CBI, it'll make it happen in like a week or two. You're inviting yourself back on. I love this. It's a, pow- it's a powerful strategy. Yeah, no. I guess it's not a point before. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay. Um, have a good night, everyone. We'll see you then. Bye now. See you. You're tired, are you? You're tired. I'm tired. I am tired. Fucking, it's fucking two forty-five a.m. Yeah. When (laughs) Phil, when Phil, when Phil was like, we got Ed in the podcast. I was like, I hope Ed's moved across the Atlantic. Um, because how the fuck is he awake? I don't know. Ed's magical like that. We gotta start because Ed has to go to bed at some point.